Wow, what a great morning to celebrate what Jesus is doing, what he wants to do, what he has done. I'm Reg Taves. I'm the transitional lead pastor here at Forest Grove Community Church, and it's my delight to be with you this morning and to share God's Word with you. So if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, John chapter 20. We're going to look at a text in there, just a few verses. We're going to read a few more in just a minute. But this morning I want us to be thinking about these final words of Jesus and how they impact what we've already heard today through the testimonies of the four young people that have been before us. The final words of Jesus that, were on, that he said on the cross before he died were the words, it is finished. Now you might think when he said those words, I mean he's close to death, you might think those words were said as sort of a, it's finished, it's finished. But I want you to know that if you look at all the texts in Matthew and in the Gospel of Mark, in both of those Gospels, it very clearly says that he said this with a sense of strength and power because he knew that this was why he lived on earth. He would have said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his life for you and me. I want to set the stage this morning for the outcome of these three final words. I want to set the stage that Jesus has finished a work. And I want us to look this morning at what that work actually is. But to set the stage, I've invited Jen and Landry each to come and to read for us sections out of John chapter 20. And then I'll read the four verses that we're actually going to look at. Come on up. Thank you so much for serving us this morning in the reading of God's Word. John 20, the empty tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen there, but he did not go in. Then Simon, Pe then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Jesus appears, appears to Mary Magdalene. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, 
Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended into, to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told him that, she, that he had said these things to her. Thank you. Thank you so much for reading with us this morning. Let's continue to read. And these are the four verses that we're actually going to spend some time on, starting at verse 19 of John 20. On the evening then of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Join with me as we pray. Father, as we look at this text today, we know that your, your word is living and active and we in, invite your Holy Spirit to be here to speak to each one of us, to receive the message that you have for us today. Lord, I thank you that this word will speak to our lives through the power of your spirit. For we pray this in your name and for your glory. Amen. I always wonder when I look at those final words of Jesus, it is finished. I hope it raises a question for you. What is it that was finished? What was it that was complete? Well, let me give you just very quickly three things this morning that come out of the 19 to 23 that we just read. The first one is simply this. It is finished brings peace. Notice that when Jesus meets with the disciples, they're living still in fear. They're afraid they too are going to be... um, arrested and brought before the judges and be sentenced to death. So they're living in this fear. The door's locked. It doesn't say Jesus knocked on the door. What it says is Jesus shows up in person. And the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples is, peace be with you. The words, it is finished, brings us that peace. Jesus, you see, chose to die for you and I. He wasn't forced. He could have at any moment before his death declared his deity and had a heavenly army come to rescue him. His choice was to pay for our sin so that we could have a relationship with God that had been marred by our sin, dating all the way back to the early days of Genesis. It is finished brings peace. It brings peace with God. You see, our relationship with God up until that point had been broken. And for many of us, as we've lived life, our relationship with God has been broken, but God's invitation is always to us, as we've heard from the testimonies today. I'm going to be going through a number of scriptures this morning, and we don't have a lot of time to spend uh, examining them and getting deeply into them, but I encourage you to write them down, take them home with you, spend some time actually meditating on them this week. Paul writes in Romans chapter 4, verses 25, and then into chapter 5, it says, He, meaning Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life 
for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God comes through the death of Jesus, through it is finished. His death was for our sin. His resurrection was for the big, the big theological word here is justification. And I like to say, if you want to make it simple, it's this, just as if I never sinned is what justification means. God, through this finished work of Christ, the payment for our sins now looks on us Disciples of Jesus looks on us as if we had never sinned. This alone gives us a gift that we could never earn. Today, if you've never understood or even heard that particular truth, I want to invite you to come to the one who gave his life for you. Peace with God comes through the work of Jesus Christ. There's also the peace of God. So those are two different things. Peace with God is about relationship, and the peace of God is how we live in this world. Again, Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. And later on in the same chapter, he says, The God of peace be with you all. We are his children, and God is the provider of peace for us to live in a very turbulent world. When we don't know what's going to happen next, there is the one who does that we can turn to. Paul is writing this letter to a people living in a city where they are not welcome. When our children were young, they had nightmares. They had what we called night terrors, where they would wake up screaming. And when this happened, of course, as parents, we would go to them. We would comfort them. We'd spend time with them until they would again fall asleep. And we taught them early in their life to, in those moments, to call on the name of Jesus. Scripture tells us that we can call on the name of Jesus at any time, and he hears. When you and I are struggling, we can turn to him and invite him to help us. I encourage you to do that. It is finished. It's peace with God. It's peace of God. You know, again, we look at this text in uh, John chapter 20, and, and we look at what else it is finished brings, and it brings power. If you look at verse 20 and verse 22, he said, he showed them his hands inside. Why, why would Jesus show them that? He's like, this is really me. This is really the one you saw hanging on a tree. You, this is the one that, that you saw the blood and, and the, the separation of the fluid that came out of his side. This is, this is still me. This isn't some apparition. This is truly who I am. So the peace of God, the finished work, is also brings us power. Power over death and sin. Jesus, in showing his hands and his side, says, I have the power over death. I have the power over sin. Jesus' death would have paid for our sin, but his resurrection provides us power over sin and death. The writer to the Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 2, Since the children, you and I, the children have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, 
that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. As followers of Jesus Christ, we no longer need to fear death. We know it's coming. All of us are going to face death sometime in our life. All of us. None of us miss out on that. I think about all the people that Jesus healed when he lived on earth. Every one of them still died. And yet he comes to give us life that is beyond this world. Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 says, And his, Jesus' incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That is the power that God gives us. We don't control it. He does. We invite him to give us that power to live life for him. Again, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. The resurrection gives us this hope of life eternal, a life that is meaningful and purposeful now and forever. See, Jesus, when he came, when he said, it is finished, he came to make dead people alive. Paul in Romans 16 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The power of God is revealed. Power over death and sin. The words, it is finished, Jesus declares his work on earth was done, but now God was going to come to every one of his followers. So there was the, this power over sin and death, but there's also now giving to each one of us the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter in the book of Acts, following the outpouring of the Spirit on the disciples, informs those who are witnessing this marvelous act of the power of God says this to them. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. It is finished, gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. A little later in that same chapter in Acts 2, Peter says to the people, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This morning, baptism is the act that describes what God has already done in the life of a person. So we've talked about two things out of it is finished. It is finished brings us peace with God and with each other. It is finished brings us the power of the Holy Spirit and power over sin and death. And finally, I would say this morning, it is finished brings us purpose. Again, if you look at this text in verse 21, the end of verse 21, where it says, peace be with you. And then he says this, here's our purpose. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about forgiveness of sins. Our purpose in this world is to be those who are sent by God to bring this message that we hear about today through the lives, these four testimonies that we heard this morning. And that 
could say, if that's us, to say, I need to be the one who is sharing the same message with others. You see, our purpose is reconciliation. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. This is the work that we're to do, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's our purpose to celebrate together this finished work of Jesus for us. At Forest Grove Community Church, we believe that transformation doesn't happen because we're good people. Transformation doesn't happen because we can just do better. Transformation only happens in Jesus Christ. Only. Not just with, but only. And that is the finished work on the cross. You see, when Jesus said, it is finished... He gave us all this. He gave us all this and more. So we close now. I want to just give you some things to think about. Now what? What, how do, we, what do we do with this? I, I want to suggest this morning that you and I need to respond to him by accepting this gift for you. I love to receive gifts. Not as much as my wife does. But I, I do love receiving gifts. But the kind of gifts that I really like to receive are useful gifts, like a, like a tool. And then what happens is when I get a tool that I can use, every time I use the tool, I don't think about the tool. I think about the giver. I think about the giver of the gift. And so these three gifts, peace, power, purpose, are to be active and they point us back to the giver of the gift, Jesus, our resurrected Savior and Lord. How else? We can respond to this. It is finished by living out this peace, power, and purpose. This is the gift that provides us life, new life, that's activated by the Holy Spirit. And finally, we can respond to Jesus by sharing this good news with others. As I said at the end, our purpose is to be people of reconciliation as we have received this wonderful gift it's not just for us to hold on to but it's actually for us to share with others it's a gift that needs to be shared when you think this morning if you've been a follower of jesus how has god changed your life see it express it rejoice in it and share it because it is finished let's worship him invite you to pray with me. Father, as we think of these powerful words, just a few words, your peace, your power, your purpose, as we think of these words, we know that, Jesus, that's what you came to give us. That's what you gave your disciples over 2,000 years ago. That's what you give us today, those three things that we so desperately need. Thank you that you've allowed us to live that out, to receive the gift that you have given us. And then, Lord, may we be those who want to share what you've done for us because of your great love for us, because of the change in our lives, because we have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Help us to share this as we live it out every single day, no matter where we are. 
For we pray this in your name and for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Let's worship him.